Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. All right, here we go. It's ESPN 1000 on a Saturday morning. Mark Zander, Brian Hanley. Brian, I'm staring right at the tour bus for what I believe is Blondie. And I wonder if she is sleeping on the bus right here, parked in the middle of State Street. Uh, I would think maybe the roadies might. I think Blondie probably gets a hotel suite. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I was trying to draw this illusion that she's still, you know, on the bus and, you know, and, and living life on the road. But, yeah, you, you know she has I, a very I nice hotel once. room. I met her once. Did you? Uh, I, I have not. I have not. Uh, I, I've met many, but uh, not her. We uh, we were on West Belmont Street in uh, a one-floor um, uh, building that we shared with WXRT, and I oh, guess the famous yeah the famous uh, the famous uh, uh, little hideout there. On yeah, with yeah. the with the sat next to that radio tower, which was on the roof, right? <laughs> yes, and I, I mean there was thick cement through couldn't, the base of it. Couldn't but miss I, it. Yeah, no, but I mean in the studio, you literally like sat next to the base of the you know even though it was surrounded by cement i'm thinking that probably wasn't the best thing for your health long term to be sitting next to a very powerful transmitter hey what uh, is good for your health these days maybe that actually helped people. not watching the white Sox. Um, that's right that's okay, right but but blondie she poked her head into the studio i think she got went down the wrong hallway which was really difficult to do because there were only two of them <laughs> so what were the odds but um you know i said fitty, hey, fitty. that looked like blondie and it was, and that was, uh, let's see, 30 years ago, give or take. Nice. So, yeah. Did you have a chance to say hi and have a little convo? Just say hi and then okay. get the hell out of my booth. Um, no, no. <laughs> She's right. Sent her, sent her over to see Terry Hemmer. Um, yeah, uh, your White Sox. So last night, Mark, uh, neighbors had a little get together um, early. So I went down there and they had a, a there was a singer songwriter type guy singing. Very nice. Uh-huh. I'm talking to a White Sox fan. Um, and this, the game's just about to start and, and he brings up Thursday night's game with, uh, and the angle drop and then the O two 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 yep. out home run, yep. um, you know, which next thing, you know, um, old Jed, Jed's a millionaire. Um, and he was lamenting that I'm like, you can't make this stuff up, even though they were two for 13 with runners in scoring position. So, you know, we all fixate on how the game ended, but like the White Sox do, they had plenty of opportunities Absolutely. It's the one consistency. Well, there are a few bad consistencies, and that's one of them. They've been doing that all year. But the ankle drop, obviously, that was shocking. And people want to throw a lot of weight on that. But 99 out of 100 times, he catches that. And he's not the one that threw the home run ball. No, and and, and to, to his credit... Liam Hendricks stood up and said, I still have to make a pitch. Yep. We didn't lose it on that. I mean, that's right. It's still 0-2, and I can go ahead and make it, you know, strike three and let's all go home. But it, it just indicates what the Sox say. I mean, that was a snapshot of yeah. what we felt for this whole entire season all the way to the end. I'll predict that much. Right. So, so I'm, you know, we're lamenting Thursday's loss and, and how you can't script this stuff. Mm. And then, I mean, as soon as I start watching the game in the second inning happens i uh and it's johnny quito now look every pitcher has one of those i mean but he's been that's exactly you know, right he, he's been the leader on and off the field yep. and it's the diamondbacks i mean good lord how do they go through you know the lineup in the in one inning it's 
and, and, and you know, rewind to Scott Merkin, the, the great Scott Merkin uh, writing at MLB.com, beginning of the week on conversation I had with Rick Hahn last Thursday. And Rick's still delusional talking about, well, hopefully, you know, we're still going to have celebrations, plural, in October. Like I know. Leave. I saw that. And that made me so angry. Stop. As a White Sox fan, it's like, why are you not seeing, why are you in such denial? Why are you not no. seeing what the rest of us are seeing? Don't you get paid a lot of money to see the obvious? Don't pander. I mean, don't, right. don't you know, don't just avoid that talk until you, there's reason to talk. I mean, you know, you're not walking the walk. And now people are more, uh, yeah, I saw the lineup yesterday and, and I'm like, hmm. This doesn't look too good. I mean, if you look at that lineup before you get to Johnny Cueto at the bottom of it, you're thinking, at least I thought, how was this? How would this play in October? You know, celebrations in October. I just look at that lineup and I get now Eloy's out again and Luis Roberts unavailable. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, though? And I saw this on MLB Network this morning. I watched uh, Quick Pitch, you know, when I get up in the morning yeah. and see what's going on. And uh, the host, uh, you know, they've got very creative presentation. And the host basically said, oh, the south side of Chicago, so many people hurt. You know what? I, I, it's true, but I'm tired of the excuses. Grandal, T.A., Kopech, Bummer, Mendick, Crochet, Garcia, all on the I.L., Robert Mankata, day-to-day. Have any of them, with the exception of, let's see, Mendick been solid consistently when they've been on the field no no that's why i'm so sick of it you know it doesn't matter if they're hurt it doesn't matter if they were all there it doesn't matter was it like two months ago i said there was no bryce harper on the uh, il for the Sox, right and guess what bryce harper comes back and he he knocks in a couple with the bases loaded immediate impact yeah you know the cubs have used 58 players in games this year the white Sox, 43 now, expectations for the two teams, polar opposites, right? Mm. But the Cubs have had their share of, you know, injuries and, and, and call-ups and everything else. And even the, for the pitching, the two teams, I just saw this this morning. I was looking at baseballreference.com. The, the Cubs and the Sox, not, and the pitching was supposed to be one of the, the hallmarks of the White Sox, right? The rotation, and the bullpen was advertised as one of the best in the game. The ERA for... For the Chicago Cubs to this point, four point two one, higher or lower than the White Sox. Well, the way you sell that, I know the White Sox are higher. No, they're not, but it's not that far off. Four point zero. Okay, okay. But, and it uh, should be you... better than that, obviously, oh, with the absolutely. way with who we have yes, and what's it... been advertised. I, everybody, everybody, down to uh, one person, should be better than they have been. There are, there are just a few that have really reached their potential or have gone over it. Johnny Cueto, aside from last night. But, you know, you're right. Johnny gets to have a bad night. Sure it's unfortunate. But it's the damn Diamondbacks. And Where is what? our offense? We could have come back on that easily. Where well, are and, they? And the, and the Cubs have used 38 pitchers to the White Sox 23. So, and I, I you know, a couple of weeks ago I was saying, I wouldn't give you uh, Keegan Thompson or Justin Steele for, for Kopech, and that was before Kopech's game Monday. Um, and that seems like it was two weeks ago, not this oh Boy, this week has just been – it's been another week for the – every week for the White Sox is another week. I mean, it's just and, like, and it seems to – every week seems to top the previous one. Seriously. I mean, here's a guy who apparently was, you know, hurting during warm-ups, 
Now, to his credit, he, you know, talks him into to getting the start. And, you know, the and then Tony leaves him in too long. Yeah. Arguably. Well, I mean, but I, I'm listening to the broadcast with Len and DJ as I'm out walking. And, and DJ's like, Len brought it up right away. Velocity on the fastball, 89-90. Something's wrong. Yeah, right oh yeah, saw that right, right away. Mm-hmm. Right, right away, before the dugout apparently saw it. And, and next thing you know, there's four runs in. And it, Wait, somebody, oh. somebody in the crowd told Tony how fast oh. that pitch was. Well, you could be sitting, you know, 50 rows up in Kansas City. There you know, the high dozens of whoever showed up in that game. Yeah, you could have heard him from there. But I, I, I get that Kopech wants to start, but... I mean, can you allow that? I, I, you, know. you know, it's funny, Brian, because this goes against what you and I have both conjectured about before, that Tony's been too soft right. on players. And then all of a sudden, he seemingly leaves a guy in who doesn't have his stuff, he's hurting, and he leaves him in. Did he leave him in because Michael said, please leave me in? Or did he leave him in because that's what Tony did? It goes against... Uh, it's just another inconsistency. It, it's making all of us crazy. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. By the way, the White Sox are underdogs tonight. Davis Martin is pitching for the White Sox. He's obviously filling in. We're underdogs to the Diamondbacks. Well, because you're at home and you don't win at home. I know. Although, and I can't remember, it was over the last 18 games. At home, they've won 12, so they have turned that around a bit. Certainly hasn't impacted the entire season yet, but as of late, it's been okay. But remember, we always lose the first game of the series. Oh, yeah. So we're I consistent tweet, I, yesterday in losing. I tweeted that out after the, the loss of Kansas City. I'm like, you know, before Tony spoke, and to his credit, he said, you want to call us lousy, you know. And I lousy. said right away on Twitter, thank you for the permission. I will call you lousy. Yeah, you and, and everyone's like, you're lousy. The front office is lousy. The owner's <laughs> lousy. I mean, he opened the door to that one. But I thought we were going to get the fight, 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 blood and guts. We came back and tied that game and look at us. I'm like, it's the Royals with what, at that point, 74 losses. Oh, I mean, but yeah, that's what they do. And I didn't see Johnny Cueto being the cause for that loss, but they lose the first game of series. It's not even close. I told you that's a good betting strategy if you want to make money because they lose two-thirds of their opening games in series. I mean, that that's a pretty high percentage for the so-called contending playoff-type White Sox team. It is absolutely insane. And meanwhile, Ian Happ sets a record. You see why that? is he? Why is he not on? I, I, when he was doing that yesterday, I kept thinking, why is he not on the White Sox? And did you see the catch he made the other day? Uh, I mean, up against in the, in the vines. I mean, two, right? Yeah, two yesterday. He's the first player in the modern era to have multi-run home run games. Uh, the two, only two hits of the game, and both were home runs by one guy. And and the the first one in Cub history to have a leadoff to run home run because we now put a man on second. <laughs> right. And that's that's, a great... I saw that. It's like, okay, yeah, you can't really say that's a record because it's well, because know, of it's a, a great, new stupid great, rule. It's but... a great bar question if you yeah, guys right, it to you, right? right? Yeah. But, I mean, why isn't he on the white sides? I mean, here's a guy whose fielding is better. He could play second. He, he's got power, which, again, the White Sox don't have. It wouldn't have cost you an arm and a leg. Well, well, how, look, Contreras didn't get traded. There are a bunch of Cubs that did not get traded. Were, were uh, um, was Jed looking for too much for these players? And, and well, look, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to fault Han here too because that wouldn't have been a bad asset to have for the White Sox. But, 
then again, we saw a bunch of players that did not get moved by the Cubs. So who knows? I, I just, uh, you know, for doing sitting on your hands, Rickon, at the trade deadline and, and thinking this is good enough. And here you are squarely 63 and 63 today. Uh, you know, this is it, it, timeshare in 500ville. That's where, where they, this team That's lives. That's where they've lived. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, it's beyond me. It's, um, I, I, I won't tell you what the playoff probability is. I'll save that for later. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's a tease. But uh, yeah, one of our Twitter poll questions is uh, for Sox fans: sixty-three and sixty-three today. The they will finish the season above five hundred, below five hundred, at five hundred, or who cares? <laughs> well, option D, I think, is going to score. Well, I, 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 I want to hear from Sox fans. Does yeah, anyone, yeah, absolutely. Does anyone share Rick Hahn's, you know, celebrations in October scenario? If you do, share with us what you are smoking. Well, I mean, make the case. I mean, tell us what is going to happen. Everyone gets healthy, and then what? I mean, TA's back for the playoffs, and Aloy's available more often than not, and here's Luis Robert, and, and, you know, all of a sudden they're going to be going on home run binges, and, and again, I I said I don't think they can win six in a row again. They came close, but they didn't. Right. I, I just don't know. I don't have to make of it anymore. I really don't. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll take your phone calls. We've got some audio to play for you when we come back here on ESPN one thousand. They came to see us win a ball game. We got beaten, and for most of the game, I mean, the lopsided, right? They have every right to be upset. The team, manager, whatever they want. I mean, they got every right to do it. But I'm just saying, the fact that they were here, and they did say, let's go White Sox, there's amazing amazing fan support here. And I've got plenty of experience. But there ain't no free lunch. You know, it's a two-way relationship. They support you, you got to get back. we got, we got to do more about getting back. Yeah, you do, Tony, the whole team. CSPN 1000, Xander and Hanley. Yeah, that was Tony Post game about how, you know, he, he was here in the booze. The whole team's here in the booze. And uh, that's how we show our displeasure. Brian? 33,000 showed up on a beautiful Elvis night. night. Yeah, and I was hoping night. Elvis Andrews would hit a home run for Elvis Night. It was his birthday mm-hmm. yesterday. And, and um, <laughs> you know, having that name on Elvis Night on your birthday just all seemed to align. You could have said Elvis has left the building. Yep, but if, he'll if he return today. Yeah. Yes, no. yes. Yeah. Um, and and Jesse Rogers uh, was there last night, and he'll join us in a little bit here because um, he's our baseball guy, and he's yeah. going to be on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. He's heading to St. Louis, but um, they did turn out thirty three thousand plus, and they started with "Let's Go White Sox," and it is the Diamondbacks, and they expected better. And you heard Tony at the end there said, you know, it's a two way street. Yep. You got to they they're they giving give it your, to us. They they cheer for yeah. us and we've got to give them it oh, back. Yeah. yeah. And and they weren't I would say obviously I can't speak for everybody, but do you think they were booing Cueto? They were less booing Cueto more than they were booing the they're fact booing that the they season. could not uh, booing yeah. the season, yeah. the lack of offense, all of these things that have been obvious from the beginning. Cueto had a bad game. Angle had a bad yeah, uh, you know, situation when he didn't catch that foul ball. He didn't lose the game the other day. There are players that have played well, and it just doesn't go 
the way you expect every night, but every night and every day there seems to be a lack of offense from the White Sox, and that's what's kept them from winning. Can you imagine? I I don't even have the number stranded for the season in scoring position, but it's a high number. I I don't I don't know what it is, but I'll make an educated guess. It's a high number. If that number were just down by one quarter, or let's even say if that number was slashed in half, how many wins would that be worth? We'd be in first place. Well, in a a division that's begging somebody to take it. I mean, it's. The only thing that's keeping you in this playoff conversation, such as it is, is this division, right? I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. uh, If you look at the run differential for the Chicago White Sox, you know, you know, it's been a while since it's still very much a negative number, right? Mm -hmm. So when when you're looking at this thing and thinking what truly should be their record, because they're 63 and 63, they're minus 37 in run differential, 526 runs scored, given up 563. According to MLB.com, their expected record should be, give, based on run differential, wait for it, 59 and 67. That's I like mean, Diamondback territory. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what you're talking about. You're, you're 500, but is it smoke and mirrors 500? I mean, you should be 59 and 67, and no one would be talking about celebrations in October. And one of our Twitter followers said, and you can follow Mark Zander at Zander Rocker one R in in the middle, right? Yeah, and, and it's all one word. Yep. Yeah, and and follow me at Brian Hanley five three four, and no one. One of our Twitter followers said, "What we're kind of supposed to say? Well, you can say, you know, you can state. I the, saw that, right? You can state the health, and you can talk about the team, and instead of saying, you know, we still have what it takes to be Absolutely. celebrating." Yeah, how about we need to hit the gas right now to get that? That's exactly I mean, right. Why doesn't he stand up and say, look, yeah, we, we know go. we have the talent. We know that we're suffering through injuries, yet these are professional baseball players that have to stand up. Look, I don't care if he's tough, and I don't care if somebody gets their feelings hurt at right. this point. Because if I had a chance to talk to the team, I would talk to him like that, and probably not anybody would uh, you know, appreciate it. But it's the truth. The truth hurts you've had, sometimes. You've had Kenny Williams reportedly go down there and talk to him. You've had the leadership council meet <laughs> and talk about what needs to be done. Right. And yet here we sit. At and you've had Johnny Cueto say yes. some, uh, yeah, you we, know, we he's, to, been, he, he's been a little more blunt than anybody else has been willing to. He said, we have to show the fire yep. if we, still if we have, have any. You're right. And that, that's when Tony said, curious statement rather than obvious statement. And that led to the leadership meeting, which supposedly... You know, Jose Abreu said, here's what we got to do. And they started talking like they're going to do something about it. And it hasn't transpired. It was, it was a little bit temporary. By the way, uh, the average of uh, base runners stranded, we are second in that in Ooh. a bad way to San Diego. 7.13 per game. Ooh. San Diego's 7.29. And they're struggling, too. I mean, they've got a hell of a lineup, but they're not uh, they're probably not catching anybody. Well, and, and they traded for Juan Soto. Yep. And yep. there was news out of Anaheim that uh, the Angels may be the next team up for sale. And, and MLB doesn't like to have more than one team for sale at the same time. So the Nationals have to get figured out before Marino gets his money. But, um, you know, what do you do with Shohei Otani? Uh, he, they got after this season, they have one more year of control of him. And he wants to be on a winning team. And our other Twitter poll question is, if, in fact, they were to trade him in the offseason as much as that would alienate the Angels fan base, it's probably the best baseball move they could do before they tra- sell the team. 
because he's not staying there. I mean, yep. if he was staying there, it's one thing because how much does he boost the value of that, that franchise? But he wants out. So you have to get something for him. I, I think he's a bigger catch than Juan Soto. Absolutely. Yeah, no and, doubt. And so our other Twitter poll question is, if they in fact trade him, which team in this town would be more likely to make a deal for him? The Cubs or the White Sox? Because can you imagine 33000 be 40000 every time mm-hmm. Otani pitched or any time he was in the lineup? I mean, which, you is, want, which is every day. Right. You want to excite, him. You yep. want to excite a yep. fan base. Yep. Even, even if Tony was still taking up space at the end of the dugout next year, People want to come see show. Hey, bite your tongue. And, and on the tongue. north side, if you really want to prove that, you know, you were going to spend money, uh, Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer, you know, you'd have to pay to get the, you know, your prospects and, and assets to get them. Yep. And then you'd have to sign them to a long-term deal. Right. But you want to excite people for years to come. Go get that guy. It's a bold move on either side. I'm not sure either side has what it takes to make that bold move. We've got Owen that wants to jump in. We like to hear from Owen each weekend on ESPN 1000. Hey, Owen, what's up? Hey, guys. Good Saturday morning to you. Good Saturday morning. Hey, um, I'm glad you guys bring up Han because, um, once again, I, here here's a here's a little thing that if you look at it, the one the one guy that I really liked on his team last year that he picked up at the trade deadline, he's not great. But I think he bolstered the, the bullpen was uh, Tempora. Yeah, yep. And and where does he go? He, he gets he gets rid of him, and then we end up picking up Joe Kelly. Yeah, so I'm not sure why but, that happened. I thought that we should keep yeah. Tempora, but so, yeah, yeah. So I, maybe the guy was maybe the guy was doing too good because I still tell you, I, I I look at I look at what they've done, and I'll give him credit for Cueto, but Cueto was kind of a you know it's a typical Sox move. That's a happy accident, is what that is. Yeah, that, exactly. And I'll give him credit for Vaughn, but this guy, he doesn't know talent. I mean, you know, and, and the whole injury bugaboo, you know, I don't want to hear about it because they've been like that, not just this, since All-Star break this year, since All-Star break last year, and they didn't have a lot of injuries last year. So, I mean, it's been consistently average at best. Yep. yep. And and we've, we've continued to stick with, you know, with guys that don't adjust. The other day, the other day, I, I will say Jimenez was up, and he actually took two walks in the game, right? Yep. But then, but then, I, you know, I, I see right after that, after the, he he works the pitcher for a walk, next guy comes up, boom, double play on the first pitch. Mm-hmm. That and then and then the other day, the other day, our our big pickup at the trade deadline is Beekman. He throws a pitch to, and he I don't blame him for the loss the other day to to Baltimore. But you got Ben on first and third, nobody out. He throws a pitch in the dirt, a slider. The guy, and, and I can't remember who it hit the fly ball to win the game. But the guy swung and missed by a mile. So on an 0-2 pitch, what's he do? Throws the next hanging slider down the middle. And the, and the same thing with Hendricks the other day. Hendricks has been good for the sack. But still, you have an 0-2 pitch. The pitch before the guy, before he hits his first major league homer, there's a fastball above his eyes. The guy swings and misses, can't catch up. What's he do? He tries to trick him with a, with a, with a slider instead of throwing his high fastball. Yeah, it's almost yeah, right. In, in those uh, few situations, it's almost like just keep it simple. Yeah, and they, they, they overthink. And then, and, and then, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I put this, to be honest with you, Tony is what he is. He's, he's an old guy that I don't think can relate to players. I, I, like I said, I never liked him when he was younger with the sacks. But you know what? Maybe maybe he's blown a few games this year, but it really comes down to Han. 
And and if it's not, and if everybody says, "Oh, hands, hands are tied," and this and that, well, you know, then come out and say it. Stop being a, stop just being a figurehead. Because I really think that the guy, I really think that the guy doesn't know talent, and I think they over exaggerated this talent. They signed a lot of guys. You know, the Sox signed a lot of these young guys, hoping that they'd come through for a few years. What are you going to do with Mankata now? Who's going to pick up that? That's $70 million time. Well, yeah, there, there are a lot of issues. Oh, and thank you for the phone call. Um, you know what? Han, Brian, is not going to come out and say, you know what? Even though I'm the GM, I can't really do what I want to do. So, you know, don't look at me. Okay, Even but- if that's the case, he can't come out and do that. But we don't know how the whole organization is really, really built. Kenny okay, Williams but- is in there. If, if that is the case, and Rick Hahn feels that's the case, that he really can't, you know, he has to go through Kenny and or Jerry every mm-hmm. time he wants mm-hmm. to do anything. At what point do you wake up and say, you know, the, the checks are nice and the direct deposit works and, you know, I, I, it all. I mean, he's a bright guy. He's got more diplomas than, you know, Northwestern Prince sometimes or yeah. whatever. I mean, at what point do you think I am an empty suit? I am better than this. I am, and I am getting. You know, I'm the face of the organization. So Owen's right. I, you know, I'm going to get criticized for this team, even though I felt like I could have put together a better team if I'd been allowed to actually do my job. At what point, just out of self-respect, you say, as much as I like the gig, and there's only you know, a handful of these jobs, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I want to go work for an organization that will I, let me be. Somebody. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, in the business that we're in. Uh, I've, I've mentioned many times that I have been in charge of radio stations. And when you work in this business and you're in charge of radio stations, but people insist on telling you what to do, it's a little yeah. frustrating because yeah. it's like, why am I here? You know, if it says program director on the door. Exactly. Direct, uh, right, right, right. So I understand that frustration. So we really don't know. Maybe he does have all the, the control and he's well, just not he's not succeeding in his job. Well, and, and that's absolutely something that you have to take at face value. I mean, I, as we go on here before we get out of here at 11, I'll, I'll give you something, some thought, insight on the organization itself and how it's structured. I've talked to someone who knows about this because I said, I said to this guy, Jerry is the chairman. He's not even majority owner. I think when they bought the team back in 1980 or 81, for I mean, for a song, it was a nineteen million bucks. Yep. I mean, the Cubs, yeah. Cubs sold for twenty one million, um, and I actually had one share of Cubs stock when they sold the Tribune Company. And as much as it was a nice return, no one, no, no one at that shareholders meeting wanted to vote to give up our shares because we liked owning a, a part of the Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. And I had one share of stock that I bought for like five hundred bucks with my grocery store money that I used to work at. And so twenty one million, I was getting like twenty one hundred, uh, you know, for my five hundred dollar investment. But I mean, Gene Siskel was sitting behind me at the at the shareholders meeting at uh, Holiday Inn um, near Lakeshore Drive, and they took a voice vote. <laughs> well, only the Cubs could screw up a rubber set. Wrigley owned like eighty six percent of the team, right? Because and and he he lost both parents, so he had double uh, IRS uh, inheritance tax to pay within the same year. So that's why he sold. He needed the cash. None of us wanted to sell. And there were more of us in the room than him, than he. And so when they had a voice vote, we all voted no. And and they said, oh, now the lawyers are scurrying and passing out uh, ballots to write on because they couldn't even rubber stamp the sale. 
And some lawyer stood up who owned a share of the team and said, we just had a legit voice vote and I'll see you in court. You know, you can't change it now. But anyway, I'll talk about the White Sox and, and how that's structured. I think Jerry owns about 19% of it now, give or take. He's mm-hmm. been buying up minority owners over the years as they wanted to get out or, or you know, they had life changes or their estates or whatever. But he's the man. But I, I was talking to this guy. I'm like, doesn't he have a, fidu- a fiduciary duty to the other owners who make up the majority to maximize the franchise value and to to want to put more f- fans in the seats by mm-hmm. trying to win? Right. And I'll let you know what he said. Okay, after good. That. That's a yeah. that's a fabulous tease. We're up against the break. We'll come back. Take your phone calls. Talking to Jesse Rogers soon, our baseball guy here on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. And this is your home for Chicago White Sox baseball. White Sox, they're underdogs tonight to the Diamondbacks. I can't believe I'm saying that. Davis Martin is on the hill for the White Sox as a Copex on the IL. Merrill Kelly, 10-5, 2.87 ERA. That's the guy we thought would probably be a big challenge. I, you know, it's the second game. Anything can happen, Brian. Usually a win. In the series. Yes, usually. Game. So yeah. maybe you, you know, take the underdog money tonight, uh, you know, because it's not the first game of the series. So. Game the system. Game the system. Absolutely. Yeah, we have Catholic League Mike from Clarendon Hills wants to jump jump on and talk White Sox here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey, boys. Hey. I was at the game last night. And first of all, most people were there to see Elvis. But um, what I couldn't believe, they're a dead-ass team. And... Nobody came out to talk to Cueto in the second inning to kind of calm him down, calm the team down. But isn't Quite that frankly, the last guy you really need to worry about? I mean, he could almost be a pitching coach, right? Yeah, but you know what? It was first and third. There was only one run in, two outs, and then he walked a guy. Yeah, double. It was one to nothing at the time. And it just it, – but the other part of it is nobody came out. No, yeah, I mean, nobody was warming up. He pitched five innings, I think. And they took him out. I mean, but they're dead ass. And if you saw that kid on the other team in center field, he's a Mount Carmel kid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. not saying he's the greatest. He made two fantastic Yes, plays he did. Last yes, he did. And one of the stories, his father works for the White Sox. And they, in the second round, they didn't pick him because they thought it'd be nepotism. So anyway, I'm not saying the kid's going to be the greatest player. But, but he had a great night. Time, he had a great night in a park where he grew up. Alec That's Thomas, right. yeah. yeah. And his dad was a longtime strength and yep. condi- conditioning yeah. coordinator, yeah. Yep. But this is a team listen. this is a team that did draft Ron Schuler's granddaughter and, and Jerry Reinstorf's uh, grandson or something, you know, just as like in the last selection of, Thanks for of the call, drafts. So you want nepotism, how about actually go and get a player? I don't care if he's related to somebody. Yeah, I've not, I've not heard. I've not heard that that was uh, necessarily the case. You know, that could have been the rumor. Who knows? Kid had uh, again. <laughs> last night's catch doesn't define a career. So you know, hopefully he's good. I'm rooting for him. But he had a hell of a night at a park where he grew up, just like Gavin Sheets loves Camden Yards. Yep. 
because he yep. grew up there because dad played Pops, for the yeah. Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And the Pops was sitting right behind him. Yes, he was. Him. Yeah, yeah, big smile on his face. Yeah. 312-332-3776. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers in just a bit. The White Sox pregame with Tyler Rocky sitting in at 530 today. Connor and DJ on the call. First pitch at 610. As I mentioned, Davis Martin. On the hill, 4.25 ERAs, 2-3 and three this year. He's been up and down from uh, AAA. But I think he's got a uh, you know a solid future. He's got to fill in for Michael Kopech. Kopech is on the IL along with most of the other quote-unquote stars on this team. <laughs> uh, Robert and Mokana day-to-day. And, and, and while I get that we're keeping them day-to-day because... You know, we don't want to put them on the IL, but right. our bench is super short because of this. Well, I mean, every time you see uh, Luis Robert swing, I hey, wins. let's go with the bat. It's like, yeah, yeah, and 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 that again, that goes with the whole thing of you know, is Tony being too soft with the players? It kind of seemed like he was, but then Robert's in, and and maybe maybe Robert said, "I don't want to come out." I think he actually did tell somebody from the media saying, "Nope, I'm not coming out." And 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 that you know that's why which you I train- appreciate, but still, but that's why you have trainers and medical people to make those decisions. So it's not ultimately it's up to the player and the manager. I get it, but if right. if, if the doctor team doctor goes and says it's a bone bruise, it's not broken. Yeah, and, yeah. let's take you out. Yeah, I, at some point now, now Tony says maybe he's ready to go on on Monday. Uh, we'll see. Or the off day Monday maybe goes Tuesday, but okay, he hasn't been helping you because of this or. You know, partly because of this, and then Aloy goes limping off again yesterday. I know. Um, it, Fragile. I, I get the injuries. I, I mean, I get that's part of the equation, but there's too much other stuff here that to, to too many problems. If it yeah. were just injuries, if it were just injuries, Brian, could you imagine how wonderful that would be? Yeah, no, there's all kinds of issues. And we'll talk to Jesse Rogers about those in the south side. We'll talk about the north side too. Something happened this week that it kind of made me. Kind of have a uh, a bit of a pause. We'll talk about that when we come back. Jesse Rogers joins us here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Xander and Hamler, we're joined by our baseball guy, Jesse Rogers. Now, Jesse, we're so frustrated on the south side, I'd rather talk about music. But you're the baseball guy, so I guess we have to talk baseball. Well, we could talk a little music because it, it, it says a lot when the entertainer that's been dead 45 years puts on a better show. <laughs> I, I thought it was Elvis Knight for and Elvis Andrews. Right, right, exactly. Well, that's, I think, why they drew 33,000. It's a good crowd. I was sitting in the stands those first few innings, and then, of course, the air came out because they, they were down 6 nothing before you could even get your first beer down. So, uh, but I will say, uh, my daughter went with me with a couple friends. They enjoyed Elvis, even though they didn't know who he was. Did, and, did they have uh, the glasses with the sideburns? Did your uh, daughter no. Your, no? <laughs> no, no, but they did sing and dance the songs they don't even know. So that was that was fun for I, them in the fireworks show. But it's that not jumpsuit, good when the entertainment that is you wore was pretty better. nice. Right? Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, sweet exactly. jumpsuit you wore. <laughs> yeah, with the, it's with all, the yeah, you know, when they have Elvis night, uh, they were right yesterday on NBC Sports Chicago in the postgame. It's always about the uh, the overweight, bloated Vegas Elvis. It's not mm-hmm. about the stud in in the 60s. In the Sweaty well, I could, I could definitely do the overweight, balding Elvis. <laughs> I, I, I could play that. Well, I guess that's why people celebrate, because most are closer to that reality. Yeah. Hey, yes, has right. anyone seen... Has anyone seen the Elvis movie that's really about uh, uh, you know Tom Hanks playing the 
his manager? Has anyone oh, seen Colonel that Parker? Not I have it. not seen it. I, I've uh, heard no. it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I'm over. Well, it. I, I, I think that might be more entertaining than the Sox right now. So we might, you know, uh, we can sure. list the thing. We can list the things more entertaining than the White Sox right now, and it'd be a long list. We don't have time. We don't yeah. have time. Jesse, Rick Hahn came out and said they still have what it takes to have uh, multiple celebrations in October. Okay, whatever. Um, can you give us any? Can you give us any insight in, into how much is is he truly the architect of this team and roster, or is it a by committee thing? Well, it's definitely by committee, but but uh, well, he's definitely in charge. Yes, but he and Kenny work closely together, just like every GM and president do. I don't think Jerry's involved or, or many other people in the in the uh, baseball operations department. Obviously, they're assistant GMs and stuff. But I've heard your conversation, and, and this is what I'll say. Yes, um, Rick can pretty much do what he wants within a set of parameters. Remember, this is one of, I think, four franchises that's never given out a $100 million contract. Um, this is one franchise that has certain limits to the kind of contracts they'll give out. Jerry won't give out opt-outs, for example. Um, so if you want to get really creative in things, the, the White Sox are not your team. So there's all sorts of things that he's working under. But within those parameters, yes, Rick Kahn can make the decisions. He's the one on the phone with the GMs. He'll take it back to Kenny. They'll discuss things, um, and, and they'll move forward. So it, it's kind of like, yes, he's in charge, but with some guardrails in place. That's the best way I can describe and, it. And, Jesse, with those guardrails, is, is it uh... – can you do business that way in no. this day and age in Major League Baseball? No. Effectively. Yeah. I mean, no, you, you can't. Not in this day and age. Um, there's so many so many teams that are, are willing to push all in uh, and continue to do that and have windows that, that are open for years on end. Um, yeah, you want to be like the Pirates every so often you have a shot or the Reds? Okay, you can be that. You can be that. But that's not what you should be in Chicago, right? Uh, they've decided to rebuild just like the Cubs did. Cubs finished theirs off. The Sox are now having a little speed bump here. Um, and so there's, they deserve all the criticism they're getting because they made fans sit through about a bunch of losing years to get to this point. And now, where are we? Where are we? I had a great caller last night in the postgame show. He's like, Jess, what, what happens this offseason exactly? I mean, where does Rick turn? What, what do they do? Uh, sure, moving on from the manager and the hitting coach are easy, but – there's a lot more that has to be done um, unless you're just going to try to run it all back. I think we all agree that'd be a mistake. So, I mean, their offseason going to be really interesting if they don't make the postseason. And even if they do make it and, and get, you know, out, bounced out quickly like they did last year, there's still tough decisions and big ones to be made. There's almost too much to do. I mean, yes and no. It, it can look bad, and then all of a sudden you make that one good move. See, that's the thing. Right now, in this moment, it yeah. looks like there would be too much to do. I look, Cleveland has the youngest roster in the league. Yeah. Minnesota seems to be on the upswing. It, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be as easy as it has been these last couple of years to compete in this division. Though you never know, Cleveland, no, no, nothing's guaranteed. Cleveland no. could take a step back. You don't know. But, yes, there's a lot to do. I agree. you got to balance out that line. If you got to get a bit little better defensively, you got to probably add another top-end top, top end pitcher. you got to figure out what you're doing with Giolito. Lynn's going to be on the last year of his deal. Um, you know, a lot of question, question, question. A lot of contenders have questions. Just the Dodgers have less and the Yankees have less, you know. So, you, you, yeah, I mean, I, I understand Rick trying to put on a positive light in, a, in an interview with a reporter. Like, I don't come down on the things they say so much. It's the things they do. 
it's like Ricketts and Jed saying, yeah, we could compete in 2022. Well, that's, that's what they say. I know they can articulate in a certain way to let fans know, hey, wink, wink, we know we don't have a World Series team, and maybe Rick should be doing that right now. Wink, wink, I understand we're underachieving, but I don't care what they say. I care about what they do. And what the White Sox have done going back to the offseason wasn't good enough. And a lot of people think going back to hiring the manager wasn't good enough. And, and um, it's showing up in all ways right now with the record. Well, and, and Jesse, the two things you just said that, you know, they, they've never given out a $100 million contract, one of four teams, shame on them. And the opt out. I mean, I go back to Ron Schuler. We were down at the winter meetings uh, when Greg Maddox was going to be a free agent, was a free agent in the offseason. And he's lighting up a cigarette and goes, yeah, we're in on Greg, Greg Maddox. Now, you know, Gene Michael was driving him around New York trying to find a nice place to, to live, and he ended up in Atlanta. And they had five-year deals on the table. And I said to, to, to Shuler, I'm like, what do you mean you're on, you know, they weren't giving pitchers more than three years at the time, right, because of injury. Yeah. They were afraid that pitchers break down, and they had, you know, all, all sorts of studies to show that. I'm like, okay, the math doesn't work out. You got two teams who have got five years guaranteed, and you're talking about a three-year deal. You're not in on Greg Maddox. So those parameters do, do impact and do tie the hands of the general manager, dating all the way back to then until now. And so, you know, between that and maybe the farm system being oversold, I mean, is that possible? We look at, you know, guys like Kopech and then the deals they've given to Mankata when they made the Chris Sale deal, look at the money he's making. Um, you know, the, the, the front office hasn't had a really good run here. No, and I don't blame them so much for those early deals. I know a lot of people do. It's, 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 it's a lot of hindsight. Look, everybody blamed the Cubs for not signing up players. Now we're going to blame the White Sox for actually signing them up because it, 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 it uh, eliminates their motivation, right? And, of course, there's some truth to that. They're human beings. Uh, but that's, what, well, that's why you have a good manager and a great coaching staff to bring out the best in players mm-hmm. when, when you know, maybe they don't have the same kind of motivation as they had coming up. Look, the Philadelphia Phillies went thirty-two and twenty without Bryce Harper, right? Yeah, you, you 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 have their look. What's happened since Girardi? Rob Thompson, beloved in that in, in baseball and, and in that dugout, and they take off. So managers matter. All that stuff matters, and we can check off a bunch of things where the where the Sox are coming up short in the dugout, in the front office, and of course the players themselves also. Um, but man, I, I I think you're right, Sandra. There is a lot of work to do, and I, I feel like I have just been on such a, you know, I'm a broken record on this. Start with balancing out the lineup. Yes. Find, go lefty, righty, lefty, righty. That's, that is actually scary. Not four righties in a row that you can get out the same way. Uh-huh. Um, I always hate to relate it back to the Cubs, but it does remind me of the Cubs at the end. It was the same kind of hitters, and they, even though they had balance, but you can get them out the same way. And there's a couple big mysteries here. Why this team chases as much as it does probably is a reason why they've lost a lot of their power. Like, pitchers don't need to come into that. Uh-huh. Yep. They don't yep. need to throw And why do pitchers. they keep doing it? As if, as if we all don't notice that this is an issue months ago, but they still keep doing it. I, I, that I can't answer. Right. You're, you're, that's part of the... And we problem. all see they, that they, as fans. We all see it, Jess. Yeah, do, they think teams, do they think teams don't have advanced scouts? They're sitting there taking notes before the series? I mean, come on. Oh, I, I, I could just tell you this. When you have a very similar lineup, three years running, that's not very balanced, you're going to get figured out. You're going to get figured out. And I, for the life of me, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, I don't know why, 
the front office, didn't see what happened in the playoffs, and understand what their weaknesses were going forward in terms of the the, the unbalanced lineup that they were producing um, and, and make some changes. Uh, maybe they tried and they just couldn't. They just said, well, let's, let's run it back with a healthy lineup and see what happens. Um, but I truly believe if Tim and if I truly believe if every player was healthy for the whole season, they'd be better, but they wouldn't necessarily be in first place by five or ten games because I just think they're flawed defensively and throughout the lineup. They're, they can be good if they're healthy, but great, elite, World Series elite. I don't yeah, think so. I, I think that uh, we all realize that now. But we were sold to building goods. Yeah. Look, if you if you run this thing back and no one, there's no change. You know, Rick's still here and Kenny's still here, and Tony's back because he's Tony, and and Jerry's you know uh, indebted for life for for what Hawk did to him you know uh, a lifetime ago. That's the biggest double bird flip to the fan base, and uh, I mean you. I'd love to be the, the guy in the office trying to call season ticket holders and ask them to re-up if you bring everybody back and expect <laughs> Talk better. about a job you don't want. Are you kidding well, me? Well, let's, let's, just, let's just say right now, I mean, if, if the word is malpractice, let's use that word. Yes. If, yeah. if they saw, if they try to run it back again, I mean, it's complete malpractice. I mean, complain, and look, I think Rick and Kenny, I mean, you talk about Rick is was very measured in the things he says. I know behind the scenes Kenny's you know, throwing things at the wall. He's the, he's the emotional group. That. So there's no, I, I, they're smart enough to know they can't run it. Now maybe they have to continue to work with some guard with those guardrails up. But even within those guardrails, you can do better. You can do better. You do have like the seventh highest payroll. You haven't spent it wisely. Yeah, uh, we can go through some of it. So they they can do better even within their guardrails. I mean, no, nothing says you have to spend three hundred million on a player. The Tampa Bay Rays ain't doing it, and they go, they make the playoffs every year. So. There's something wrong in, in their processes right now, and that includes getting ready for a baseball season. I'm talking oh, about yeah. preparation. Yeah, so that's a whole thing that Rick has to address. So think about just off the field prep, on the field, the, 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 in the dugout. I mean, there's like you said, Zan, there's so many big things they have to address that's here. That's the thing. They and they, and they've the got to prioritize, right. Yeah, and, and, but I, I, I know Rick and Kenny well enough to know they, they're not looking at this and saying, well, Let's just run it back and hope Tim Anderson doesn't break his hand next year. <laughs> you know? That would be ridiculous. Jesse Rogers, thank you for uh, jumping on with us. We're going to see you on uh, baseball tonight, tomorrow? Yeah, t- tomorrow from St. Louis. That's the sad thing. Bristol has to send me to St. Louis for good baseball. The Cardinals and the Braves, two playoff-bound teams. I used to just do this at Wrigley. You know, over the last decade. Well, these but, days we have to travel know, to get the yeah, championship type get, baseball. Exactly, exactly oh, right. right. So a great show. I've been listening the whole drive. We'll talk soon. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Jeff. Jesse Rogers okay, here guys. on ESPN 1000. Always a pleasure to talk baseball with Jesse. You know, he's right. The whole balanced lineup concept, how did that get past them? Um, so many things off the field processes. He's right with the seventh highest payroll. You can do better than what you got right now, even with the guardrails of, yeah, you know, no opt outs or anything. But I would hope that somebody gets through to Jerry and the board to say, we've got to change how we look at things. This well, is leads, 2022. That leads to, to my conversation with somebody who knows how that operation works with the ownership and, the, you know, we can talk about that because those are yeah. pretty significant guardrails, yep. right? You're a major market team, uh, right? And no $100 million contracts, no opt-outs for players. I mean, it is 2022 going on 2023. You know, yeah, I'm with you, Mark. Can you operate 
at a high level, an elite level, that you can be, you know, you can be scuffling around uh, at 500 and trying to win a bad division. That, you know, and yeah, but that's that, not good if, enough. If that's the bar, you know. Yeah, better not be. Hey, yeah. let's jump into that after the break. For sure, we'll uh, get that insight. I, I think that uh, that's going to be very important moving forward. And we'll take your calls, too. 312-332-3776. This is ESPN 1000.